my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing you the second episode in the double feature First Time Babysitters Club. Season 3, episode 14, Misadventures in Babysitting, which aired January 12th, 1990. Yeah, we're getting into the 90s now. The 80s are done. <laughs> All right. Well, synopsis, there's two of them. The first one, written by Michelle. While holding a poker game at the house, Jesse calls Becky and quote-unquote tells her what she is going to do in a very bossy tone of voice. Also, DJ wants to babysit to earn money for her own phone line, but her babysitting adventure is a little harder than she ever expected. So this next synopsis on IMDb written by Right Wing Guy. DJ decides to babysit in order to earn money for her own phone, but her charge turns out to be a bratty nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah, this Brian Brian Kagan, who you met early on in season three as one of Stephanie's classmates in the episode Nerd for a Day, who was also calling Walter Berman Duckface, and just a horrible kid. However, the actor who plays him, Malachi Pearson, if you didn't know, if you've... If this kid's voice sounds familiar, that's because he voiced Casper in the 1995 live-action movie starring... Christina Ricci and Devin Sawa, who plays the human Casper for all of less than five minutes on screen. Spoiler alert! <laughs> hey, that's why I watch that movie, okay? If you're a 90s girl teen growing up in the mid-90s, if you weren't crushing on JTT for Home Improvement, I really wasn't. Devin Sawa, to me, was the next. I mean, oh my goodness, Little Giants. Wow. And Now and Then, and then those Less Than Five Minutes of Casper, which were just beautiful. He, Malachi Pearson, doesn't that just make you think of Children of the Corn? Because there was a character in that movie named Malachi. Alright, so going back to this episode, it actually has a 7.1 rating out of 10 based on 236 ratings. Let's look at the cast list. We got Bruce Baum as Paul. We have Mike Binder as Steve. We have Barry Keevil as Michael Kagan and Joan Leisman as Joyce Kagan. They play Brian Kagan's parents, they will return in Three Men and Another Baby. So in about seven or eight episodes, they're going to show up and they're going to have a little baby that's probably about maybe a year or so old. Named Tony. Yes, I will be covering that episode in January when I cover 
Jesse and the Girls, which will feature an episode with Jesse and DJ in Season 2's Fogged In. It will feature Jesse and Michelle and Three Men and Another Baby. And then it will feature Jesse and Michelle in Season 5's The Devil Made Me Do It. And also Jesse and Stephanie in... <laughs> I'm blanking on the episode. What is that episode? I know it. Girl Talk. Isn't that it? That's it, right? That's not only the name of the band, but I think it may even be the episode. I gotta check, because, come on, I should know, I should call myself a Full House aficionado. Let's see. We got the beat. I was so 100% wrong. Forgive me, forgive me. Okay, let's jump back to... <laughs> Episode 14 of Season 3. Alright, so we went through mainly the cast list. There is also Malachi Pearson. His profile on IMDb is a black and white shot from Casper where he is wearing... You can just see the bottom half of a chef's hat and you see Christina Ricci. <laughs> uh, he was... Oh my... This kid... Kid... He's a year older than me. A year and two and a half months. <laughs> he's, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. No, Prince William was actually, he's only like three months and a few days older than me. Okay. Going back, this episode was directed by Bill Foster. Writers, Jeff Franklin, the creator. And Sherry Scharfer. Rollin, hyphen Rollins, and then Julie Strassman, hyphen Cohen. All right. We got some reviews. We got some trivia. Trivia. The house where DJ babysits Brian is the same house later used in Girls Just Want to Have Fun. When Kimmy babysits Aaron Bailey, just with different wallpaper decorations and door trim colors. Okay, so it's all pretty much the same set, just different setup. The one-minute version of the theme song is used. That's honestly not really trivia. Oh, yeah. I have brought this up before, and I'm bringing it up right now. And also, so is the goof. This is 100% a goof. This is how a goof is done. Errors made by characters. Jesse says he already went to visit Becky's parents' family in Nebraska. He even compromises to go with her to N Nebraska again. Yet in the next season, when they get married, Becky's parents have never met Jesse. He visited them at least twice before. When audio slash video visual unsynchronized. When Steph recites DJ's new phone number, the laugh track begins before she finishes, and the audio of her saying the last couple digits goes mute. Well, sometimes I, like, when they start bringing up the credits at the end of the episode, any type of dialogue that's said between the characters, you're real, you're not going to hear it. Uh, odds, unless you're really, really good at lip reading, you're not going to know what they're saying, because the laugh track, along with the credits and everything at the end of the episode, is going to kind of cover that up, which stinks, because it's like, I always like to hear what they're saying once the credits start to roll, and, you know, the laugh track and applause is being played and all that stuff, so. Uh. <laughs> all right, let's jump on the user reviews. 
I see your tail, Quinny. I know, I see it. And I see you, too. How you doing, Quinny? <laughs> All right. We got... 8 out of 10, Mixed Communication, April 20, 2014, by Mitch RMP. Though the main plot of this episode is DJ's babysitting to get her own phone line, the subplot is my favorite. Jesse and Becky have agreed to open and mutual conversation on all agreement. But when Jesse gets with his poker buddies, things look a little different. So he calls Becky on the phone and tells her, in quotes, where they are going for Christmas. Danny, joining the poker game, can't help but to tell the two friends what he thinks about them. Yeah, oh, you mean Jesse's poker buddies? Which one of them actually has been in a couple episodes as other characters. I'll bring that up when we get to that scene. My favorite scene of the entire episode is Becky showing up after she gets Jesse's heartfelt message on her answer machine. Nobody, if you're leaving a message like that on someone's voicemail, you need to rethink your priorities and your life and just, honestly, take a moment and think to yourself, is that how you really want to come across? Would you yourself want to get a voicemail because, you know, we all have cell phones now. Would you want to get an uh, answering machine message like that or a voicemail message? What if you're listening to that and you put it on speaker? Sometimes people do that. I do that too. And uh, no one wants that. Come, No one wants to hear it. No one wants to hear it. Come on. Take a minute. Cool down. Talk about it rationally. Meanwhile... DJ takes care of a brat who thinks he rules the roost. Well, the parents are very lax when it comes to any form of discipline or talk, talking to their... The kid is like a perfect angel when mommy and daddy are there. But boom, as soon as the door shuts, he is all, I'm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with your shredder. Like, ugh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> then Kimmy comes over and makes things more difficult for her. Kimmy has babysat this kid before. She knows how this boy operates. And she's going to get him with her stinky, stinky feet. <laughs> Ultimate payback. For all the times you locked me in the bathroom, Brian, this is for you. Stinky sock foot right in the face. My favorite scene of the entire episode is, okay, yeah, you did say that, gotcha. All right, let's see if there are any other, unless it's just, it's just this one. Okay. As always, I'd like to read the DVD case to kind of see if it's a yay or a nay when it comes to the summary. Sometimes they're winners, sometimes they're kind of losers. Everyone is charmed by the adorable, wait, hold on. No, they're not. That is three men and another baby. Hold on. Here we go. I had to turn it around. To earn money for her own phone, DJ babysits. DJ babysits. Unfortunately, her little charge is a tiny tower of terror. Think of pre-Rusty minus the pranks. Trying, threatening DJ to shave her head or he will put her purse in the fish tank is not a prank. <laughs> 
Okay, of course, before I get into the episode, I want to let you Tanner newbies who have just jumped on the Tanner Train podcast here, where you can find the podcast on social media. It's got its own Facebook page. Just type on Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The All My Land Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Also, letting you know ahead of time that this is different from other Full House Podcasts and Fuller House Podcasts that are out on iTunes. This one is family friendly. It is considered safe. I do not drop F-bombs on this podcast. I do, however, want to let you know I do have other podcasts that I currently work on that are not family appropriate. So just so you're aware. Also, the podcast does have a Instagram page as well. It is OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. So, also, another thing is that I like to do, I don't do the episodes in order of air date. I do themes. Currently, I'm doing the First Time Babysitter's Club double feature. Next month, I will be doing a Cousins double feature featuring just one of the guys from season one, starring guest starring Kirk Cameron, and then we have from season seven, Kissing Cousins, where John Stamos portrays Jesse's cousin Stavros from Greece. This is a, honestly a very extremely over-the-top, cringe-worthy episode, but I wanted to find something to go along with this episode. I'm like, all right, cousins, like a cousins theme. There you go. Those two episodes will be in December. And then, as I said, in January is usually reserved for Jesse episodes. So I'll be covering Jesse and the girls, which I did tell you earlier what episodes I would be covering in that series. Usually I call four episodes or more a series. I normally don't do more than four episodes in a series. It's usually just four. Two are a double feature, and three is normally, I don't know, maybe I've called those a series too, or a triple feature, or something to that effect. So, if you're looking for a way to support the podcast, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for money. All I ask is a moment of your time. If you could jump on iTunes, leave a review. All five-star reviews of the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Just type in Full House or Fuller House. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Just scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. You can even use emojis. Someone's, you know, a few people have done it, and I think that it's just so cute and adorable. So, all right, without further ado, let's get into Misadventures in Babysitting. So, of course, before we officially get started here, we have the cold open with Joey and Michelle. They're in the living room. They're in the living room. Joey's on the couch, and he tells Michelle... I bet you a kiss I can make this little flower dance. And the flower is one of those, you know, plastic flowers that's got sunglasses. You know, the kind that, like, moves around. And Michelle was wearing this, the sunglasses match her fuchsia 
sweater that she's wearing with the little black and white kitties. It's so adorable. I probably would have worn something like that when I was eight. <laughs> or nine, who knows? And she says, no way, Jose! And Joyce says, oh yeah, watch this. So he's got a little stereo, little boombox on the coffee table, and he plays it, and immediately it starts playing rock music, and the little flower starts to sway back and forth, and Michelle, her jaw is just dropped, like, <gasps> ultimate utter surprise, like she's never seen anything like this in her life. And she says, cool, flower! So Michelle <laughs> takes a real flower, potted flower that's in a little, uh, flower pot that's sitting on the end table, takes it over to the stereo on the coffee table, sets it down, and says, oh, Joey says, I don't think he's dancing. And Michelle, like, pokes at it and says, hey, you, wake up. <laughs> and Joey says, I think that one's a wallflower. And then Michelle's like, dance, go crazy. And she starts dancing from side to side. <laughs> And then Joey picks up the potted flower and starts, like, waving it back and forth so it looks like it's dancing. And Michelle says, you got it, dude. Yeah, it was cute. Joey is sticking that flower literally right in her face. Luckily, she doesn't have any uh, allergies to pollen or any type of flower, so that's good. Hey, Michelle, I'll bet you a kiss that I can make this little flower dance. No way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, watch this. <laughs> cool flower. Well, I don't think he's dancing. <laughs> hey, you, wake up. I think maybe that one's a wallflower. Dance, go crazy. <laughs> You got it, dude. <laughs> I gotta say, honestly, out of a lot of cool opens I've seen, especially in the earlier season, this one, if I had to, let's say, let's give it a rating scale of 1 to 5, I'd put it more on the lower end of 2, just because I've seen better, and I just, like, eh, I don't know. It was okay. I, like I said, I've seen better. Whoopsie. Was that my remote? No, this one. Okay. Um, you know that flower with the sunglasses? I swear I've seen that in real life in the 90s, so I want to look that up. Alright, so we come out of the opening. <laughs> DJ is stretched out on the couch, talking on the cordless phone, as Stephanie paces behind the couch, back and forth, waiting for her to get off the phone. DJ is in, in she's in deep combo with Kimmy about a boy named Tommy Fox who some girl kissed on the lips. Because she's like, no way, Tommy Fox? On the cheek or on the lips? On the lips? And DJ keeps exclaiming, no way, no way! Oh my gosh! I love Stephanie's little curly hair bob things going. It's like curly pigtails. It's so cute. And I love how she, like, 
Because DJ's like reclining back, stretched out on the couch, and Stephanie comes up just along the side of her face and says, A person is waiting for the phone. And she's doing it ever so politely. DJ like sits up and moves all the way to the other end of the couch and says, Tell me again, where did he kiss her? And Stephanie says, On the lips! Haven't you been paying attention? Have you been haven't you been listening? Is this Tommy Fox? Is he like a, is he a cutie patootie or something? Or, I mean, the way she's like, oh my gosh, tell me again. Well, at least this isn't going into any more detail. Like, was it open mouth? Was it closed mouth? Nothing to that effect. Just on the lips, oh my gosh. So Danny comes down and says, DJ, let me know when you're off the phone. I need to make a call. And I love how Stephanie's like, Dad, no cutscenes, okay? I've been waiting 20 minutes. And the fact of the matter, she's talking to Kimmy. She's not talking to Kathy Santoni or any other friend. We don't know that DJ has any other friends outside of Kimmy and Kathy Santoni. And that one girl named Julie who was cousins with Steve Urkel. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like Kimmy lives literally right next door. You can walk next door. And just talk to your friend. One of my friends moved away to another city, you know, in the same state in in the 90s. And she was only maybe 30 minutes away, if that. Yet it was still long distance to call her. So I didn't get to talk to her as much. And sometimes I end up just having to write her a letter. I know that sounds so old-fashioned, but... That's the way it was, you know. Long distance was expensive. I mean, even if you're like 30 minutes away and you're in a different city with a different area code, it's just such a pain. Yeah, somebody's like, get in line. And then here comes Joey also needing to use the phone. Which apparently they have, because Jesse's got a phone in his room. I believe Joey's got one down in the downstairs basement apartment because this is season three. They must have a separate line for J&J Creative Services. I mean, they have to, right? Because they also have a line in the kitchen. They got one in DJ's bedroom. So umpteen phones connected to one line. Here comes Joey. He's taking a bite out of an apple. He's like, Deej, let's go. We got to use the phone. And I'm sure that Danny is just like, hey. Back of the line, no cutsies. And even DJ, who's still yakking on the phone, does not see that there's a line building behind her to use the phone. I get it. It's not like she's standing at a payphone having a conversation. But even still, I mean, when you live in a house with three adults and, well, three kids, but Michelle's not using the phone. She shouldn't be anyway. She's only three. Uh, <laughs> you need to monopolize your time a little better. But I would say even have a phone schedule. Like from this hour to this hour or this time to this time, the phone should be free. That way you can make a call. But if you only got one line, having multiple phones in the house is not going to make a difference. You still have to wait for someone to get off the phone. Yeah, and DJ just flat out ignoring them and saying, they kissed for 12 seconds? Okay, an even more important detail. Were their eyes open or closed? 
So this is where uh, Plot B kind of gets thrown in here as Joey asks Danny, like, hey, look, I got to line up a place for my buddies and me to play poker. Do you think, uh, see, my buddy Vic, he came down with food poisoning. And apparently it's a good lesson for all of us, not just Joey. Never buy sushi from a vending machine. Oh, oh, oh I, I'm sorry. That's not just I'm not a fan of sushi because I might have tried to try it once. And if I tried to try, I might have took an itty bitty little. As soon as it was on my tongue, I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, there's nothing wrong with vending machines as long as the stuff in them are, is getting changed out on the regular. Ugh. I had gotten a, uh, a pop from uh, one place in particular. It's where I used to work at. And um, when I worked there, I was always doing the outdates in the coolers. So get a pop, get into my car, open it, take a sip, and I'm, I don't even know what I was tasting. Because that, it was like beyond flat, and it had a weird... I would say, it's almost like kind of, it was kinda, it wasn't just beyond flat. There was like a slight, odd, chemically taste to it. Like something in it just <laughs> flatlined. And I look at the date. I drank this in mid-November, you know, um, maybe the second week in November. Look at the date on the bottle. August 11th, 2021. So three months ago. And I'm thinking, yep, still got problems. No one's checking out dates in those coolers. I should have looked. I, 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 I thought, you know, with enough sense, they might have had someone doing that stuff. But apparently they think a, um, a diet Coke caffeine-free three months out is 100% absolutely fine nothing gonna be wrong with it that stuff goes flat and i'm not saying it just it not just because the bottle's been opened it wasn't it was sealed but no that stuff will go flat if you don't drink it there are expiration dates for a reason now when it comes to milk i say maybe two days tops maybe three maybe three but at least two days past the expiration date. Before, I was like, no, we got to drink this before the expiration date. It's going to go bad. I don't think it's going to go bad like the day after the expiration date. But anyway, yeah. Mm. When it comes to that sushi stuff, definitely I wouldn't trust it vending machine. You, I would rather just go to a place, if I were into eating sushi, just go to a place you know it's being made fresh right there in front of you. Or check the, check the dates. If you're getting it packaged in, like, a supermarket and stuff. Like, fresh is still to the fresh. When I'm checking for expiration dates when I'm buying something, whether it's vitamins or whether it's, you know, Tylenol or whatever, I get the, I reach in the back, I get the farthest date possible. Check expiration dates when it comes to food products, when it comes to any type of over-the-counter, you know, pain relief stuff that you take, get the farthest date out. Especially, you know, how often are you getting sick, honestly. If you get sick once a year, get something that expires like six to eight months down the road. My own, my own advice I take for myself, I offer free to you. So, Danny not only offers up his beautiful place, 
for a dirty, smoky, stinky poker game. He says, hey, I'll even take Vic's place. He volunteers himself an extra body to play some poker. Uh, and even Joey's like, you want to have a poker game here in your palace of cleanliness? And J Danny says, hey, Joey, I don't always have to be neat. As he takes part of his untucked shirt, yanks it out of his pants, and lets it hang down on the outside. And then Joey says, Danny, you're a pig. Ay, 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 girl, she is still so deep in this conversation. Their braces got stuck together? Is that a thing? Can that really happen? I've heard horror stories like um, Full House, for example. This example, I'm sure other stories where people are wearing braces and kissing them stuck together. I really don't know how that works. That So if that means their braces got stuck together, that was an open mouth kiss. I mean, come on, practice caution if you're going to do that. And DJ's like, ouch. Here's Stephanie. I love how Stephanie kind of like leans in, but she's got like a hand just above her hip. DJ, I'm not getting any younger. So DJ says, Kimmy, hold on, let me switch phones. Ah, I know, Stephanie's a major pain. So she's going to zip upstairs, grab her phone and say, hey, dad. When I tell you to hang up the phone, when I get out my phone, hang up the phone, okay? And Danny just agrees to it. Like, fine, but we need to wrap this up. I'm like, hold on. Are you talking to Kimmy? You know she lives right next door, right? DJ, why don't you hang up, stop wasting everyone's time, because you see a line's forming, and go out there and go to the Gibbler's house and talk face-to-face. Because -face. it's going to get really beyond ridiculous to the point of what even Danny finally has to comment on it because it's this this makes no sense of course Stephanie takes the opportunity to grab the phone since DJ's you know going upstairs she says this is the major pain speaking how rude Kimmy no way with Tommy Fox <laughs> on the cheek or on the lips on the lips no way came down with food poisoning. You know, it's a good lesson for all of us. Never buy sushi from a vending machine. <laughs> you know, it's no problem. Why don't you play here? I'll take Vic's place. You want to have a poker game here in your palace of cleanliness? <clears throat> hey, Joey, I don't always have to be neat. Watch this. <laughs> Danny, you pig. You rebel. <laughs> Your braces got stuck together? I'm not getting any younger. Kimmy, hold on, let me switch phones. I know, Stephanie's a major pain. Dad, will you hang this up uh, when I get to my room? Okay, but let's wrap this up. This is the major pain speaking. How rude! 
So here comes <laughs> Stephanie goes into the kitchen. Here come Jesse and Becky. Jesse is what I, I'm sorry, Jan, John Stamos is a very attractive man. Why do you continually put him in like pure white or cream white? I think it's like a pure white snow <laughs> turtleneck with a metal peace sign necklace or medallion or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, Becky is just clinging to Jesse's arm just like, oh, we I just loved our little picnic in the park. And Jesse is just syrupy sweet. Oh, sweet, every day is a picnic with you. Uh, and I love how <laughs> Joey will just, please, I'm getting a cavity. <laughs> and they're sitting on the coffee table, and Becky is just smiling from ear to ear. She's like, oh, how could you, you are just so romantic. And he says, with you, how could I help but, but be romantic? Uh, this is where Joey leans in and says, please, <laughs> I'm getting a cavity. Danny still hasn't uh, hung up the phone because he's busy tucking in his shirt tail. <laughs> we, You can't hear it, but I'm sure DJ saying, Dad, hang up the phone. Dad, hang up the phone. Standing out in the hallway. Dad, have you hung up the phone? Hung, hang up the phone. Dad. <laughs> so Jesse stands up, goes over to Joey, and says, Joseph, get used to it. It's our new thing. We just had our one year anniversary of the day we met. We, we promised no more fighting. That is so unrealistic. And but hey, if you if you could do it, I mean there's a there is a difference between fighting, like shouting, screaming, and fighting, like just argue, argumenting, arguments. Those, I wouldn't call those really necessarily fight. Disagreements, arguments, I wouldn't really call those fights. If it escalates into shouting and yelling and talking over each other, that's fighting. That there would be fighting. If you can have an argument or a disagreement without raising your voice, good for you. Definitely. I, I, I honestly, yes, Jeremy and I have disagreements. Do we scream at each other? No. We just talk about it until one of us just gives in. <laughs> I don't know. Or one of us points out, you know, or the occasional, you know, we'll just agree to disagree. We both have different agreements. We do both have different disagreements. We can't come to an understanding. Let's just leave it as it is. And Jesse sits down next to Becky and says, Right, hon? And she's like, Right, baby. From now on, we're going to work everything out with open and honest communication. Well, I mean, that's definitely a good direction to go in and a goal to work towards, definitely. She says, We're going to work everything out with good communication and understanding. So, Becky gives an example. 
And she says, well, I figured, you know, for example, we would make Christmas special and spend it in Nebraska with my relatives. Where Jesse counters and says, well, why don't we just go to Graceland and spend it with Elvis's relatives? I like Becky's plan. Well, how does that work when it comes to married? Okay, well, when Jeremy and I lived in Michigan, what we did was we'd do Christmas Eve because it's my sister's birthday. We would do that at my dad, you know, or you know, my sister's place or my dad's. And then we would do Christmas day. We would kind of split it up. We'd go see Jeremy's mom. And then usually we would, or I would go to wherever, you know, Christmas with my extended family would be. So probably the farm. So yeah. And it's just, it's, it, it works. I mean, that way Jeremy can spend time with his mom, you know, and I spend a little time there and then I could, you know, pop in and see my family. And, you know, sometimes people do that if they got relatives that are pretty close to each other and they can do both in one day or, you know, one day here, one day there, whatever works. Granted, Becky, you know, her family lives in Nebraska and she lives in and I, I honestly think that sometimes it's like, okay, this year we'll do Thanksgiving with your family, we'll do Christmas with mine. And, you know, it's kind of like a one-on-one-off sort of thing. And Jesse says, to which I sweetly replied, babe, let's spend it in Graceland with Elvis's relatives. That just, for Christmas? I mean, you're missing Christmas with your family. I mean, unless you're thinking of going, like, the week before Christmas or maybe even, like, after Christmas, maybe New Year's, something like that. But, I mean, if your neutral, your um, significant other, if that's not really how, you guys got to do something that works for the both of you. Or compromise, 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 compromise. If I, I mean, if I were Becky's like Jesse, I understand how much you love and obsess over Elvis, but we can't do everything Elvis related because that is, honestly, that is very one-sided. And it's unfair, unfair to Becky. Honestly, I feel if you have relatives and you want to see them around the holidays, do it. Save the other stuff like the Graceland stuff for some other occasion. Look, other occasions come up. I mean, I don't know how busy it is on the... You know, Christmas Day, if Graceland, is Graceland even open on this? You know, I'm going to look that up right now, because I kind of want to know. I don't want to go there, but I'm curious. I mean, I'm looking it up, and it says Graceland Christmas Tours. Okay, interesting, interesting. We do have, uh, Graceland is open, uh, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, so they have, like, banker's hours. <laughs> They're closed Saturday and Sunday. All right, so is it open to the public? In 82, Elvis's family decided to open Graceland to the public. All right, cool. Is Graceland haunted by Elvis? Elvis Presley died at 42, and while his music has lasted on and on, many people claim that Elvis Presley is still with us, and he haunts Graceland in Memphis, where Elvis also died, and he is buried out back. There's also Guest House at Graceland. There's Graceland Christmas Tours. Let's see, what's this? Oh, I gotta accept the cookies. 
Tour Graceland this holiday season, December 1st through the 20th, limited time Christmas tours. Voted the number one best historic holiday home tour by USA Today's 10 best readers. Okay. Holy gagoli, that is a lot. Okay, well, here you go. Your Christmas tour options. Christmas UVIP tours, $250. Maybe that's per person. I probably is. Christmas afternoon tour ranges between $58 to $90. Christmas hotel package starts at $350 plus tax slash fees. All right. Daily, December 1 through 20. Daily at 6 p.m., 6.30, and 7 p.m. 250 per person, limited to eight people per tour. Tour includes Graceland Mansion Grounds Evening Christmas tour with an expert guide for each small group up to eight guests. Self-guided tour of Elvis Custom Jets, full access to Elvis Presley's Memphis Entertainment Complex, including Presley Motors Museum, Elvis the Entertainer Career Museum, self-guided tours of the Elvis Discovery exhibits, immersive and interactive experiences, new photo ops, holiday photo ops, both inside and outside Graceland Mansion, outdoor tour of the Graceland Mansion grounds decorated for the holidays. $20 food voucher to use at one of our Elvis Presley's Memphis restaurants and keepsake backstage pass. So that's, oh, yeah, if you just want an afternoon tour, it's $90, runs from 2 to 4, 90 bucks for adults, 58 for kids 5 to 10, children and under Children four and under are absolutely 100% free. So there you go. If you want to do the Jesse thing and go on a Graceland tour, it's only going to cost you $250 for the entire big, big package. So, or if you just want to do it in the afternoon, it's 90 bucks for adults. And, you know, you know, there's a website. I pretty much stated the majority of what's on there. So, okay. <laughs> and Becky brings up, you know, in the old days, potential crisis, right? But solving this problem will only bring us closer together. Uh, and Becky's hair, at this point, it's halfway through season three. Her hair is pretty lengthy. It's also, you know, pulled back from her face a little bit, too. So, really, really, I mean, that's pretty much the length that it is for, like, the wedding. It might be a little bit longer, in season four, but honestly, it looks more kind of a honey brown here, where it seems like later will be kind of more of a golden brown in season four. I don't really know. I'm just guessing to that point, but her hair, Lori Laughlin's hair for the character of Becky, I mean, it goes through changes. Season six, it's like reddish. Season Eight, I think it borders, like, dark, dark brown, bordering on, you know, black even. So, I mean, maybe that was just, um, you know, maybe that was just Lori's, you know, she wanted to try, you know, different looks for her hair. And, you know, under whatever guidelines they have for hair for the ladies on the show, you could probably only do so much. So she just went with, you know, hair color changes. And Jesse's like, oh, honey. And, of course, is this where <laughs> Joey walks past them and, like, drapes a blanket over their, their kissing selves? 
Oh, no. Of course not. Because here comes Kimmy on her cordless phone. How in the world does it get this kind of range? I remember when I was living at home, when I was a teenager growing up, we finally got a cordless phone. I honestly, when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, I got a cordless phone. No way. Oh, my God. Coming up in the world, I tell you. But the closest range, I couldn't even get out to the mailbox without it completely getting cut out. So the fact that Kimmy can stay within range on her cellular, her cordless phone after leaving her house, that is amazing reception. Amazing. And Kimmy's like, whoa, DJ, you got to check this out. There's heavy major lip, lip action in your living room. Yeah, she says, heavy lip action in your living room as she runs upstairs. And Danny turns around and is like, Kimmy, are you talking to DJ upstairs? And DJ, <laughs> Kimmy turns, looks at Danny and kind of holds the phone close to her shoulder and says, please, Mr. Tanner, this is a private conversation. And Danny says, we got to remember to keep this front door locked as Joey gets that blanket, that black and white plaid checkered blanket and just drapes it over Jesse and Becky that they just continue kissing. Oh, honey, I had a wonderful afternoon. I loved our little picnic in the park. Ah, oh, sweet. Every day's a picnic with you. Oh, honey, you're so romantic. Hey, with you, how can I help but be romantic? Oh. <laughs> Please, I'm getting a cavity. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph. Get used to it, man. It's our new thing. We just had our one-year anniversary of the day we met, and we promised each other no more fighting. Right, hon? Right, baby. From now on, we're going to work everything out with good communication and understanding. Right. For instance, I suggested that we make Christmas special by spending it in Nebraska with my relatives. To which I sweetly replied, babe, let's spend it and grace them with Elvis's relatives. <coughs> oh, seen out in the old days, potential crisis. Right. But now... Solving this problem will only bring us closer together. Oh, honey. <laughs> Whoa, baby! DJ, heavy lip action in your living room. Kimmy, are you talking to DJ upstairs? Please, Mr. Tanner, this is a private conversation. <laughs> we gotta remember to keep this front door locked. <laughs> Okay, so here we go up to DJ in Stephanie's room. DJ's on her bed, on her stomach with her back legs up, just reclining. And here comes Kimmy, who's hanging out on Stephanie's bed. And she says, DJ, this is beyond incredible. Did you see this in person? And no. DJ says, no. But I saw the person who saw it in person say to another person, Danny comes in with the cellular phone, says, girls, this has gotten way out of hand. No, he says, girls, this has gotten way out of line. And DJ, the fact that she can even say this with a straight face, dad, I'm talking to Kimmy on the phone. And Danny just looks at her and says, in the same room. Like, both of you hang up right now. So, DJ into her lip phone says, Kimmy, I can't talk to you right now, but I'll call you back later. Just, what is 
she's right there in the room. Just talk to her. My, Mike, this is kind of like with kids today where it's like they won't talk in person, but they won't, no, they won't call each other on the phone. So, you know, just text each other. Yeah. Because what, what is better than the sound of someone else's voice on the other line? Just, you know, words on a screen. Words on a screen. Can't get more any more impersonal than that. Like, you have a beautiful voice. I just don't want to hear it. Here, let me just type out my response. <sighs> and Danny does bring up a good point. He says, DJ, there are five other people living in this house. You can't monopolize the phone like this. Which, no, she really can't. And DJ, not caring how much this would cost her father, says, Dad, I have the perfect solution. I should have my own phone line. I'd be like, and who's going to pay for that? I'm not going to pay for that. And here, Kimmy chimes in with, I've had my own phone for six months, Mr. T. And of course, Danny's like, please don't call me Mr. T. So Danny starts in with, you know, DJ, a phone costs a lot of money. There's installation charges, a monthly bill. And apparently Kimmy, based on what she pays for her own phone bill and installation charges, this girl is just a plethora. She's just like an information just... But it's a good thing that I don't know what's going on with this pause button, but it is acting like a total pain in the butt right now. So if you hear me, it's because I'm hitting the pause button and trying to unpause it so I can talk. Kimmy is amazing. She says to convert the phone in this room to a separate line, there's only a one-time cost of $45. After that, a very reasonable monthly cost of $16.50. That's not terrible. I mean, but then again... Does that include long distance? I mean, basically the only person we see DJ ever talk to is Kimmy. And she lives right next door, so that's not going to be expensive. Not including state and local taxes. So your bill is not going to be $16.50 a month. It will most likely be more than that. And DJ's like, go Kimmy, go! Like, really, sell my dad on this idea that I need my own phone line. And Kimmy also adds, plus nominal fees for call forwarding and call waiting. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think I've ever used call forwarding or call waiting. Danny turns to DJ and says, I wish you had friend waiting. I like what Danny says here. He says, DJ, I am not just giving you your own phone. And DJ already has a solution. She says, well, I'll pay for it. I mean, I can babysit like Kimmy does. And Danny goes for it. He's like, well, okay. I mean, if you can earn enough money to pay for the phone yourself, you can have your own phone line. Yeah, he says, I'll consider letting you have one. All right, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if she keeps up the payment, sure. Why not, right? And Kimmy, the plethora wonder girl of information, is just like, hey, she can take my job on Friday, babysitting Brian Kagan. <laughs> DJ, do you know what you're getting into? <laughs> DJ says, great. She puts an arm around Kimmy and says, Dad, what would we do without Kimmy? And, oops, sorry. Um, dang, alarm. <laughs> Danny says, one can only dream. <laughs> DJ. 
person? No, but I saw the person who saw it in person say it to another person. Girls, this has gotten way out of line. Dad, I'm talking to Kimmy on the phone. <laughs> in the same room. Everybody hang up right now, okay? Kimmy, I can't talk to you right now, but I'll call you back later. <coughs> DJ, there are five other people living in this house. You can't monopolize the phone like this. Dad, I have the perfect solution. I should have my own private phone number. I've had my own phone for six months, Mr. T. Don't call me Mr. T. DJ, a phone costs a lot of money. There's installation charters, there's a Actually, monthly bill. to convert the extension phone in this room to a separate line, there's only a one-time cost of $45. After that, a very reasonable monthly cost of $16.50, not including state and local taxes. Go, Kimmy, go! That's nominal fees for call forwarding and call waiting. I wish you had friend waiting. DJ, I am not just giving you your own phone. Well, I'll pay for it. I can babysit like Kimmy does. Well, okay, if you can earn enough money to pay for the phone yourself, I'll consider letting you have one, okay? She can take my job on Friday, babysitting Brian Kagan. Great. Dad, what would we do without Kimmy? One can only dream. Okay, so now we're in the kitchen. Joey's getting his poker game set up. He's got the poker chips. He's got a bowl of chips. He's got coasters, probably Danny specific. Like, you can have it here, but you got to have coasters on the table for the drinks. But Joey gives Stephanie the job of, you know, since DJ's babysitting, like out of the house babysitting, it's up to Stephanie to put Michelle to sleep. There are still three grown men that live in that house that will be in that house. There's no reason why they, one of them can't break away to put Michelle to sleep. Stephanie is eight years old. I mean, granted, yes, this was 1990, and I don't, I still, you know, Stephanie is just, that's too young to be having to have, have the responsibility of putting a three-year-old to bed. Come on now. One of you guys can break away for half a sec to put Michelle to bed. She is not going to look at Stephanie and view her as an authority figure. Mind you, Stephanie's only five years older than Michelle. Of course she's not. And in Michelle's eyes, Stephanie's not an, an adult. She's just an older sister. And I like how Stephanie at first is cool about it. She's like, okay, Michelle, it's time to put on your pajamas and go to sleep. Michelle says, I'm not sleepy, see? And then she puts her hands by her eyes and makes little flat, like, see, my eyes are wide awake. <laughs> so here's attempt number two. Stephanie says, I got an idea. Let's go upstairs and play Sleeping Beauty. And Michelle asks, how do you play that? And Stephanie's like, well, you go to sleep and that's the beauty of it. No, 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 no. A three-year-old is not going to fall for that. Nice try, Steph. Try again. Yeah, Michelle's like, I'm staying here. Nice try. <laughs> this is not going to be easy. Oh, my. Michelle is like two steps ahead with Stephanie. Because she climbs under the table and Stephanie says, if you go to sleep, I'll give you a cookie. Michelle. Pulls a cookie out from her little overall pocket and says, I already have one. <laughs> it's like she's literally got an answer for every everything that Stephanie comes up with. And she's literally like, two, this three-year-old is two steps ahead of an eight-year-old trying to tell her what to do. <laughs> 
Stephanie's starting to lose her cool. She's like, I'm coming in after you. So she goes under the table, and then Michelle climbs out underneath from underneath the table and goes over to the laundry basket and climbs in and puts this towel over her head like she's trying to hide. We see Michelle toddle off to the laundry basket as you hear Stephanie say, Michelle, get back here. I don't have time to play games. Where else are you going? But, yeah, it's a three-year-old, stuff. I mean, I don't think they can go to bed that easily. Like, you can't, like, all right, time to go to bed, and they're willingly going to go to bed. I don't think so. Stephanie comes over and says, that's it. You're going to bed, young lady. And she just starts pulling the basket, the laundry basket, across the floor from the kitchen into the living room. And I love how Michelle waves bye-bye. Bye-bye, Joey. Bye-bye. Okay, Steph, DJ's babysitting tonight, so you're in charge of putting Michelle to sleep. Okay, Michelle, it's time to put on your pajamas and go to bed. I'm not sleepy. See? <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. Let's go upstairs and play Sleeping Beauty. How do you play that? Well, uh, you go to sleep, and that's the beauty of it. I'm staying here. Danny dressed in a stripe red and white stripe long sleeve shirt, unbuttoned by the way, wearing a t-shirt, and then he throws a San Francisco Giants red and white hat. He puts it on sideways and he's hey, let's get ready to play poker. And he shoves a handful of chips into his mouth, chips going all over the table, all over the floor, and Joey's just looking at Danny like, whoa, Danny, careful, so you're going to be drinking milk right out of the carton. Like, whoa, slow down there, buddy. And Danny, while chewing, says, Joey, <laughs> I'm a slob, not a barbarian. Oh, uh, so that's where Danny cuts it off. It's not just, wait, wait a sec. Remember, it's, I believe it's season five where, and I covered this episode, The Trouble with Danny, back in May for Bob Saget's birthday. He came home and he was drinking milk right out of the carton. So he's not there yet. Two more seasons and he'll be just enough to be drinking milk right out of the carton. So, Jesse comes in with his poker buddies, Steve and Paul. <laughs> I'm guessing the guy with the green and white letterman jacket must be Steve. And then the guy behind him, we have seen, well, I haven't covered this episode yet, but it's called But Seriously, Folks, where Joey, does, he gets um, his time slot at the comedy club taken by Phyllis Diller. 
<laughs> also, this guy plays the, um, 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 like the pirate in the Yours, Mine, and Ours episode at, um, that seafood restaurant. Yeah. And even there, he actually doesn't even... But these are Jesse's friends, it sounds. Well, maybe Jesse and Joey's friends. But then in that episode in season five, this guy doesn't even... Like, hey, you're Ranger Joe. Like, well, yeah, he's also Joey Gladstone. You play poker with. How do you not know this man? Danny is just trying so hard to fit in with the sideways hats. And, oh my goodness. And he's like, hey, my friend's calling me Dirty Dan. Ugh. He's still, Dan, he's still smacking his lips from the chips that he ate earlier. And Jesse just can't believe, like, kind of looking Danny up and down, like, I can't believe this is Danny. He says, hey, Dirt, where'd you get those clothes from? And Danny says, the hamper. And both Jesse's poker buddies are back away from Danny. Whoa! Like, even we're not, we might be a little rough, but we're not that rough. Even Jesse's like, whoa! Oh, God! <laughs> well, I doubt it was, unless he got it, like, a week's worth of laundry in the hamper, and he went all the way to the bottom to pull out the most smelliest, stinkiest item of clothing. Oh, God. Ew! This guy! This... Oh my god, the guy with the mustache and the curly reddish blondish hair thing going on and he's kind of balding on top. The guy sticks his two fingers like ooh cuz there's a bowl of dip, sticks two fingers in the in in the dip, sticks it in his mouth like ooh good dip. Ugh. ugh. And Dan, original Danny is coming back with, hey, maybe later you'd like a handful of ice cream. So this guy, this guy's got a lot of nerve, this Steve guy. He's like, anyone want a cigarette? These won't last long. As he's got like one, two, three, four, five, like six packs of cigarettes. I mean, first of all, you were in another person's house. Jesse doesn't own this house and neither does Joey. You don't think you should ask first to see if it's okay to so I don't know any house that I've been to that it was okay to smoke at. Not that I would, you know, smoke or anything, but it's like, you take, you want to smoke? Go outside and smoke because you're not doing it in my house. Like, I got kids here. We don't need to be breathing that in. And I certainly, because I'm sitting right next to you at the table, don't want to be breathing in your secondhand smoke. Uh, you're seeing cynical Danny kind of show through this dirty Dan <laughs> image he's portraying. Like, ugh, chain smoker. Radical. Ugh. No, Danny, this is your house. You don't want him smoking in here. Speak up and say something. He honestly will eventually, he kind of hits the fan. But he's really, Danny's really polite about it. But we'll get to that later. So Dan, Jesse does not know what words are coming out of his mouth as he's like, all right, fellas, let's play a little five-card Nebraska. Becky's wild. And Steve, the guy next to him, is like, wait, what was that now? He says, play what? Are you telling me that this guy has hung out with Jesse all afternoon or just shortly got there and Jesse hasn't been saying 
Becky's name constantly and complaining. No, because he's actually going to bring... They're all drinking cola, by the way. No one's drinking beer. Cigarettes, I believe, are as far as the show will go, as far as any form of alcohol. He's like, yeah, sorry, fellas, I'm having a little problem with my girlfriend. Like, yes, because I guess that's what you do. You play poker and you complain about your significant others. And then all the guys, like, support your decision and, like, oh, we sympathize. We get it, Jesse. He says, she wants us to spend Christmas in Nebraska. And Paul says, hey, so tell her you don't want to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Here, Joey's like, well, Jesse can't do that because he and Becky are honest. They're open. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Yeah, they communicate with open... Oh, hold on. Let me get... Yeah, Joey says, Jesse can't do that, you see. He and Becky work things out with open and honest communication. So he's really ragging on Jesse there. I'm thinking, Joey, don't... Single guy, you get used... You don't say anything. You don't say anything. Of course, the single guys feel that they can weigh in on <laughs> And I love how Jesse kind of like... Lately, when it slaps Joey on the shoulder. And Jesse's like, oh, you guys should see it. It's, it's really cute. <laughs> and Steve says, you're in a lot of trouble, buddy. And Jesse says, why? And <laughs> Steve says, wait, why does it say 88 Mike on there? Is that what that says? I don't know. I, I think that's just a Letterman jacket that some... Um, costume designer made so he's like tell her how you feel open and honestly and jesse says yeah pack your long johns buddy you're going to nebraska oh well yeah when the guy's like do you tell her how you feel open and honestly and jesse says yeah and the guy says well did you get your way jesse says no the guy says pack your long johns pal you're going to nebraska Okay, this is where I get, I understand now. Jesse says, I'm not going to Nebraska. We already went there for Thanksgiving. Okay, you went there for Thanksgiving. But to say, I want you to also come, you know, for my Christmas with my family. It's like, you gotta compromise there. It's either one or the other. Like, I'll go with your family to Thanksgiving, but I want to stay here with my family for Christmas. You can't have it both ways. It's either one or the other. You compromise. Especially since they're only just dating. They're not even engaged yet because this is season three. So Jesse should have a little... The Elvis thing is just... That is... No. Just... Just... No. That shouldn't even be an offer on the table. It should be... I, but I want to be here with my family for Christmas. Not Graceland can be something to do for like I don't well, definitely not Valentine's Day. I don't know, but it's, to me, Thanksgiving and Christmas are two of the biggest holidays, family-oriented holidays. Yeah, Jesse says I'm not going to Nebraska. I already went to Nebraska for Thanksgiving. So, I'm going to tell her what we're going to do, what I want to do. And, of course, Joey's like, well, hey, don't tell us. Tell her. And Jesse says, well, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to call her later. And, of course, Joey, 
It's just goading Jesse, like, call now. And then he and Steve and Paul just start, like, call now, call now. And Jesse finally goes over to the phone and leaves the rudest message ever. Oh, yeah, even Danny's getting in on the call now, call now, call It's like an infomercial. Like, you don't want to miss out on this porcelain clown. Call now, call now, call now. <laughs> right, Quinny? <laughs> so, Jesse gets Becky's answering machine. Like, yo, Becky, it's me. I made a decision. We're going to Graceland this Christmas. And a discussion. Case closed. I, <laughs> Jesse, the way that he sticks up, like, nods his head and like, what do you think of that? To all the poker guys and Joey and Danny. <laughs> Jesse says, and another thing. Uh, call me when you get this message. Oh, she's going to do more than call you. She is going to pay you a visit later. Yeah. One, my, if you had someone leaving you a message like that, very demanding, and especially if you, to your significant other, oh my gosh. You're probably like, I, I got a bone to pick with you. How dare you leave me? Yeah, oh my gosh, I would be, ugh. Gosh, if, if any of you out there watch This Is Us and remember... I'm trying to remember what season it was. It might have been season four of This Is Us, where Randall was um, a politician. He was a city, on the city council, something. I don't know. Anyway, I guess his wife Beth was supposed to meet him at someone's house for a dinner to mingle with other, you know, higher up politicians and stuff of the city or church or whatever. And she had her dance studio thing that she was doing. or No, she went out with some colleagues for drinks or something. And Randall was so angry. He left such a... I'd say worse than what Jesse leaves to Becky. It was not good. So now that Jesse's finished with his phone call... <laughs> it's like, all right, boys, let's play some poker. Let's play a little poker. All right, let's <laughs> play poker. Oh, Danny, pretty soon you're going to be drinking straight out of the milk curtain. Joey, I'm a slob, not a barbarian. <laughs> you go hard, too. I got to catch him. <laughs> Daddy's my poker buddy. This is Steve and Paul. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> My friends call me Dirty Dan. <laughs> Say, uh, dirt. Where'd you get those clothes from? From the hamper. Yeah, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Good job. Maybe later you'd like a handful of ice cream. A cigarette? Speak up. These won't last long. <laughs> ooh, chain smoker. Radical. Alright, fellas, let's play a little five-card Nebraska. That's wild. What? I'm sorry, fellas, I have a little problem with my girlfriend. She wants to spend Christmas in Nebraska. So tell her you don't want to go. Jesse can't do that, you see. He and Becky work things out with 
open and honest communication. Says the single guy who's not dating in anyone right now. <laughs> You're in a lot of trouble, buddy. Oh, you know she is gonna. Call me when you get this message. She's gonna rip him a new one when she comes over. All right, let's get to DJ babysitting. We do have Brian's parents, and of course his mom says we like Brian to go to bed at nine o'clock, but sometimes his inner clock says ten, so you know just go with his natural flow. And he just like, so basically he just goes to bed whenever he feels like it. Yep, that's pretty much how it works. Lax, lax parenting with these two. <laughs> yeah, I can see why Brian is the way he is. Yeah, yeah, DJ says so he goes to bed whenever he wants. And Brian's mom's like, that's the rule. That kid rules that house. I'm telling you right now, he walks over his parents. They just bend over backwards. Whatever Brian wants, Brian gets. Oi, oi, oi. So I've heard the term yuppies before. And these guys pretty much kind of fit that mold, it feels like. Because he's like, oh, um, if our stockbroker calls, tell him he can fax the information directly to our BMW. Yeah. <laughs> and DJ's like, oh, have fun at your costume party. Because the dad is wearing a t-shirt that says, I thought that was the state of Florida on there, but it, it's actually a Grateful Dead shirt. And he's also, it looks like he's wearing, like, kind of a bathrobe or... Some, I think it's a bathrobe. I honestly think it's a bathrobe, or I don't think it's a kimono. And his wife is wearing a cloth stretchy headband and a fringe brown suede jacket. But they're going to a grave because DJ says, have fun at your costume party. And the, and the dad's like, Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have never met so the two people more mellow than these two. So Brian's mom calls Brian down like, Brian, say hello to DJ as Brian comes down the stairs. Yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of see it where the layout for Aaron Bailey's home when we meet, you know, Kimmy babysitting him. Kimmy's got the worst track record with just the bratty kid she babysits. You know, this kid, uh, Aaron, we'll see Aaron, like, probably season four, and good girls want to have, girls just want to have fun. 
this kid has already gotten an, an agenda. I was like, hi, DJ. You and I are going to have a lot of fun tonight. Any kid that utters those words, I would be worried. I would be 100% worried. Because DJ just oblivious. Like, oh, that's what I'm here for. Like, DJ, you have no idea what that kid has in store for you. <laughs> I love his reaction. When she's like, oh, have fun at your costume party. He's like, <laughs> we're going to a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> like he finds, I don't know whether they were upstairs, you know, uh, taking some hits off of to get ready for this concert. Because they seem really mellowed out. He's kind of giggly and he just monotonish voice not ben stein level but j maybe just a little below that but that's just how that guy talks what you'll hear in this clip stay mellow <laughs> wife says as they walk out the door and her husband gives dj the peace sign uh-huh <laughs> which it's funny because later on this season when she brings brings brian over her hair is shorter, and they're more dressed, you know, business-like, business-casual looking. So, something happened between this Grateful Dead concert. So, if something happened between episode 14 and episode 22, I think they got their act together. Because <laughs> they had a kid. Oh, oh, okay, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that, yes, they already had baby Tony because when... In episode 22, that baby looks to be probably about less than two years old. Maybe even less than, maybe just under a year. And maybe more than likely they figure, well, Tony's a baby. You know, him and Brian's going to be a lot to ask of, you know, a 13-year-old. Why don't I just have him, you know, with someone, you know, an adult for tonight, so... That's what I'm guessing, anyway. Because a year's amount of time is not going to pass between episode thir uh, episode 14 and episode 22, where she's got a one-year-old. Like, no, 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 no. So, yeah, the door shuts, and TJ goes over to Brian. Like, hi, Brian. How you doing? He's like, hi, DJ. Well... I hear it's your first time babysitting. And she's, well, I actually babysit my younger sisters, like, all the time. And he says, well, this is going to be different. Yeah, she says, as she puts her purse down on the table, I that's not true, I babysit my sister Michelle all the time. And he says, well, this will be different. So DJ is, you know, trying to be nice about this. She's like, Brian, let's be friends, all right? And the kid immediately holds out his hand and says, give me half the money you're making off me and maybe I'll be your friend. This kid is a holy terror. He laughs at like, not, no, I'm not doing that. I'm saving up for my own phone. DJ, you know you're kind of out of your league with this kid, right? She's like, so would you like to play a nice, quiet game or would you like to just go straight to sleep? I'm guessing it's like 7 o'clock. 6, 7 o'clock. No, that kid ain't going to bed at like 7 p.m. No, you still got at least a couple hours or more, depending on what his eternal clock says of when he'll go to sleep. 
So the kid does some fake karate moves, jumps on the couch, and he starts shouting, Hiya! I'm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and you are the evil Lord Krang from Dimension X! Sure, sure. Now he doesn't say which turtle. He doesn't say, I'm Donatello, or I'm Raphael, or I'm Michelangelo, or I'm Leonardo. No, you will never be a Leonardo. You will never be a leader. And you're too angry to be Michelangelo, and I honestly don't think he's supposed to be Donatello. So he would be Raphael with the anger issues. So the kid is just ordering DJ. No, kneel before me, or he says I'll ninjutsu you. I think it's ninjutsu. Ninjutsu. He he does he doesn't know how to pronounce this word. But then again, he's a kid. I mean, it's yeah. I just thought of something here, right? Season two, DJ was in karate. She would like, you know, Brian. He's doing the crane move. That Daniel does in the Karate Kid. But DJ could say, you know, Brian, I actually took karate. All your moves are fake. Like, do you want to spar with me? I'll spar with you. I got like a, a black belt in karate or a purple or a green belt, whatever she had. So, uh, yeah, if you want, I can show you some moves and just lay out on the floor. <laughs> She's like, oh, your moves. No, 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 no. We're not doing no Daniel son here. We're <laughs> I will show you real karate I learned in a real dojo. <laughs> this kid's just copying what? And none of the turtles do that. They don't do the crane move from Karate Kid. Not from the movie that I saw, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from the 90s. And not from the cartoon that I would watch on Saturday mornings. No, 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 no. Yeah, she is not, no, she's like, I am not kneeling before you. This kid is so manipulative. He's like, you want to bet? Do what I say or I'll smash this and say you did it. Really? This kid, but this kid's got his pears wrapped around his little finger. And DJ, she just underestimates this kid. She says, you wouldn't dare. And he says, oh no, yeah, it's a little vase. And she, he like, lightly tosses it both hands, and, and she catches it. And it's just like, this is going to be a long night. And the kid continues to do karate moves. If I were, yeah, I would have taken the karate I learned and seriously put that kid in his place. Like, you want to do karate? We'll do karate right now, because I know real karate. Why couldn't they have brought that back for this? Oh, this kid is just nuts. He's like, lucky catch, Lord Crane, this means war. And he starts, like, going circles around her doing, like, fake karate moves. And we just see DJ standing there just, it's like she's been holding her breath the whole time. Just... Now, DJ, we like Brian to go to bed by 9, but sometimes his inner clock says 10. So just go with his natural flow. So he goes to bed whenever he wants? That's a rule. Emergency numbers are posted on the Sub-Zero. If our stockbroker calls, tell him he can fax the information directly to our BMW. Brian, come say hello to DJ. Hi, DJ. 
We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. That's what I'm here for. Bye, Brian. Good night, Brian. Bye, uh, have fun at your costume party. <laughs> You're going to a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> So it looks like Brian's got a hold of DJ's purse and he's going to throw it in the fish tank unless she shaves her head. Because <laughs> DJ is running down the stairs after this kid. Yeah, DJ's purse is like one of those little cinch sacks things where it kind of closes at the top. And, oh my god, the fact, I'm sure she is just exhausted chasing this kid around. And this kid is like maybe eight, uh, he's in Stephanie's class, so he's like, what, eight years old? It's like, give me a break. And the family's, I'll throw this in the fish tank. There are no fish in that tank. I see no fish. They're probably hiding that from that kid. Yeah, she's like, forget it, Brian, I am not shaving my head. And he's like, do what I say or I'll drop you person the fish tank so there's a knock at the door thank the thank goodness and brian is the owner of the who's that and dj's like hopefully it's the police okay so yeah kimmy is there to help out like hey deej how's it going like uh, i think kimmy's gonna get the best outfit award because i love what she's wearing the neon Colors with the blue stripes and then the matching blue long sleeve shirt underneath the t-shirt. I just, I love it. It's great. And of course, Brian freaks out because he knows Kimmy. Oh no, not Kimmy Gobbler! And DJ said, he's got my purse. What do I do? And Kimmy says, watch this. Like, yes, watch the master here at work. Kimmy goes over to Brian says, all right, chump, drop the purse right now. I'm going to kiss you. And he's like, he drops the purse right away. Like, ew. Yeah, he's like, yuck. And he just, purse flies into the air and lands right in Kimmy's hands. <laughs> and Kimmy says, well, it's not very flattering, but it works. Oh, this kid. He's like, you haven't seen the last of me. And he runs upstairs. And when they're alone, DJ says, Kimmy, why didn't you tell me this kid was a baby Godzilla? And now that Kimmy's there, because she knows the house pretty well, she's like, relax, come on, I'll show you where they hide the imported chocolate. 
Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so Brian is in the middle of the staircase, head between the rungs, and he says, prepare to die, slime burgers, and he's holding a squirt gun that it's a, a black gun that just it looks really realistic. It almost looks like a spray bottle that's been converted into a toy gun. The way it just squirts like a spray bottle. So both Kimmy and DJ hide. <laughs> they hold up a pillow to hide behind this chair. Like, oh, this is not worth what you know, whatever she's making an hour. And she says, okay, that is it. I am through with playing games. Yeah, DJ's reached her boiling point. And she starts going over to the staircase. I don't know what she was going to do, but Brian's like, you'll never catch me. And then he's like, hey, I'm stuck. And he drops the gun immediately. And I can imagine a kid's going to start freaking out and screaming. And DJ is like, Kimmy, he's really stuck. And Kimmy says, great, let's go watch TV. So, DJ immediately takes control of the situation, like, Kimmy, watch him, I will be right back. And, of course, Kimmy takes the perfect opportunity to <laughs> shove her stinky, soft foot in Brian's face. Hey, Brian, want to smell my feet? And he's like, oh! like the ultimate payback like the kid can't get away so dj comes out and sees kimmy torturing brian with her stinky feet and says kimmy it won't help if he passes out you know actually maybe it might because he wouldn't be struggling but she's got it looks like maybe not country crock butter but there's like blue tape over the uh whatever the brand is but they're thinking you know let's butter his head and that way he'll slip right out like how this was also done on that seventh heaven show kids it's just i'm sure there's even a rescue 911 episode regarding to a kid sticking their head through the rungs of staircase and she's like good news brian you'll be able to slide out of there soon as we butter your head this kid is like help me it's like i get it he's panicking but uh so they start to butter like the his neck and the sides of his face and he's he's you know it's like this will never work you dumb girls and kimmy and dj look at each other like why don't we butter his whole head and they start putting gobs just handfuls of this margarine on his <laughs> yeah, Kimmy's like, I think we better butter his whole head. I love the audience just like, oh! Well, even that scene where you hear their braces got stuck together, you hear someone in the audience go, oh! <laughs> and Brian is all like, oh, this is disgusting. It's, it's butter. It's butter. My gosh. It's not like they, like, Put Vaseline all over his head and all that stuff. I mean, that's not really just... But, I mean, my gosh. Ugh. So, they're like, alright, let's see if you can slide out real nice and easy. And he's trying, barely. 
he's like, it's not working. Get me out of here. It's like this kid is, ah, oh, my gosh. And the one thing they didn't think of is, like, let's, that's probably what they're trying to avoid is, you know, breaking the staircase or breaking the rung, but, you know, you might have to do that to get him out of there. So, as a last resort, DJ says, I have to call my dad. And Kimmy says, well, don't do that because your dad's going to think you can't handle this job and you're never going to get your own phone. Well... Yeah, but she realized she was in, she's in trouble. She can't handle this on her own, or even with Kimmy. Like, we need an adult to step in here and help us figure this out. Yeah, DJ says, but I don't know what else to do. And then Kimmy says, Brian, I'm going to go get my dad's chainsaw. And Brian just starts shrieking. Ah! Butter, relax. out there know that beeping sound you've occasionally probably heard it on podcasts I've done that's my oven doing that I don't know why it does that I don't know how to be because it's this is an apartment so that's not 
basically what I'm saying is I only have an allotted amount of time to be able to do these episodes during the day. So sometimes that means my lunch is going to be cooking in the oven. So if the beeping bothers you, I really don't know what to tell you. So, and the only reason I'm responding like this is because a listener actually had the nerve to reach out and complain about that. So, yeah. So speaking of bothering, let's get back to this poker game. This guy, Vic here, he had six packs of cigarettes. I don't know how many he's got left, but uh, he actually asked Danny, Oh, is my cigarette bothering you? As uh, we see this big cigarette smoke cloud haze that Danny is sitting in. Because he's sitting kitty corner right next to Vic. I thought Danny's just like, oh no, it's a poker game. Your eyes are supposed to sting. Apparently that was the last cigarette of the evening, because now this guy's going to switch to cigars? That is the worst. Oh my gosh. And I love how I don't think any of those coasters have been used. Ugh. And mind you, there's plates with, I think those are cigarette butts, unless they're eating pizza, but I don't think so. Danny sees the guy lighting up a cigar and says, oh, here's a refreshing new smell. Danny, it's your house. Just say something. I know he's trying to go with the flow and be like, quote unquote, one of the guys, but this is your house. You don't have to stand for sitting in someone's cigarette smoky haze or cigar. You have every right to say, you need to take that. If you're going to smoke, you need to do that outside. This is my house. I will allow some things, but that is where I draw the line. I have children here. They don't need to be breathing in this secondhand smoke. Here comes Michelle. I don't think she ever was asleep, but she's in her PJs. She comes in and says, hi, boys. What's happening? And the guys are all like, hey, Michelle. Stephanie comes in and says, Dad, she won't listen to me. Look at this. Michelle, it's time for bed. Michelle turns around and, like, sticks a finger on either side of her mouth and, like, stretches her mouth and <laughs> sticks her tongue out. Uh. So I like how Jesse handles the situation, even from just sitting at the table. Like, Michelle, we're all, you know, it's time to go night-night, okay? We're all going sleepy. Fellas, sleepy. Let's go. Night-night. The all guys put their head down except for the curly-haired, mustached guy. And Jesse lifts his head up and says, Fellas, sleepy. So they all put their heads down on the table and pretend to be asleep. <laughs> and Stephanie says, See, everyone's sleeping. Come on, let's go. And Michelle says, What about their pajamas? And Stephanie's, uh, uh under their clothes. Come on, let's let's go. I love Michelle's, <laughs> I love her little slippers. They're so cute. So now that the girls have left the room, Jesse gives the all clear sign. All right, coast is clear. Everybody up. Okay, come on, come on. And Joey has like still got his head on his arm. Like, Joey, Joseph. <laughs> He's like, Joey, Joey, He's just screaming in his ear. And Joey's like, huh? Well, I was dreaming I actually want a hand. 
Yeah, he's like, I, I dreamt I actually won a hand. <laughs> so the phone rings and Danny goes to get it. Turns out it's DJ who's asking for his help. Like, can you please come over? I have a situation I can't handle on my own. So it looks like they're going to play the next round. And Joey's looking for his poker chips. Like, hey, he even left his plate. Up, like, hey, who took my chips? And Jesse just rolls his eyes and says, everybody took your chips. Because the fact that Joey's dreaming like he actually won a hand, so he must really be losing hardcore. How is he able to play, though, if he doesn't have any chips? Because you got to, like, deal in, right? So... Danny apologizes and says, I gotta go. My daughter's having some babysitting problems. So as Danny's getting ready to leave, the guy with the cigarettes and cigar asks Danny if he can pick him up a pouch of pipe pipe tobacco. So Danny finally decides, just, okay, enough's enough. Since he's leaving, he can drop this dirty Dan facade. He goes over to Jesse and says, Jess, you know, I've been a pretty regular guy tonight, wouldn't you say? And Jesse looks at him and says, Yes, actually, I'm quite, quite proud of you. And Danny says, In that case, there's something I'd like to say before I go. Yeah, he turns to Vic and starts screaming in his face, You, sir, are a chimney. Not only are you ruining your health, but you're ruining the health of everyone around you. You're ruining the health of innocent people around you. And then he turns to the curly-haired, mustached guy and says, And you, sir, you should take a drive through a car wash without your car. <laughs> Danny's harsh, but it's like, hey, this is my house. Ugh. No, the whole set in the cigar, cigarettes, it's like, you take that and you go outside with it. You're not doing that in my house. That guy feels so bad after Danny says that about you should go through a car wash without your car. Because the guy's about ready to take a bite of pizza. Okay, so they do have pizza. And he just, his saddest, saddest eyes. Like, okay, Danny, that was a little, that was kind of mean. I mean, my goodness. And then he says, it was nice meeting you both. And Danny leaves. supposed to stink. The last cigarette of the evening. What a shame. Oh, here's a refreshing new smell. I believe what's happening. Dad, she won't listen to me. Watch. Michelle, go to bed. Hey, Michelle, it's time to go night-night. We're all going sleepy. Right, fellas? Come on. Right, Michelle. <laughs> fellas, sleepy. Everybody's sleeping. What are the pajamas? Time to get clothes. Come on, let's go. Shh. <laughs> all right, boys. Coast is clear. Everybody out. Okay. Chips. 
Everybody took your chips. <laughs> yeah, DJ. Yeah, I'll be right there. Guys, I gotta go. My daughter's having some babysitting problems. Hey, can you pick me up a pouch of pipe tobacco? <laughs> Yes, I've been a pretty regular guy tonight, wouldn't you say? Yes, actually, I'm quite proud of you. In that case, there's something I'd like to say before I go. You, sir, are a chimney. <laughs> Not only are you ruining your own health, you are ruining the health of innocent people all around you. And you, sir, you should take a drive through a car wash without your car. <laughs> nice meeting you both. So Becky comes in after Danny leaves, and she slams that back door, making her presence known. Because Jesse, of course, is facing away from her. I love, well, yeah, she comes over to Jesse's side, arms crossed, and you just hear the audience go, ooh, <laughs> like they know what's coming. And she says, hello, Jess. And Jesse gets out of his chair. He's like, hi, pumpkin. What are you doing here? And I, I, I like how she just, it's simmering, boiling just underneath. She's like, oh, I got your sweet little message. <laughs> and she looks around at Joey and then Vic and um, Paul. Or was it Steve and Paul? What, whatever. I don't know. She's like, oh, and you must be the macho idiots I heard cheering in the background. She lays into the, and they immediately make themselves scarce. Notice how I don't think she's looking at Joey. She's looking at the two other guys. Like, you don't know what Becky was, Danny was kind of in on it too, but. <laughs> and he's like, oh, where did the time go? And he <laughs> runs out of there. And of course, the curly haired guy with the mustache grabs two pieces of pizza, a handful of chips, and his cola drink that he was drinking. <laughs> And the guy even has the nerves like, have fun in Nebraska. And Jesse's like, get out of here. Joey immediately makes himself scarce as well. It's like, uh, if anyone needs me, I'll be in the living room looking for change in the sofa. Becky is just glaring daggers at Jesse. And Jesse does the little, like, two-finger wave. Like, hey. I'm trying to play innocent. And as soon as Joey is out of the room, she unloads. She says, how dare you leave a message to me like that? What ha Whatever happened to communication and understanding? And Jesse says, well, I've been trying to communicate to you that I want to go to Graceland for Christmas, but you're just not understanding. Yeah, and Becky says, well, I will never understand why you want to spend a holiday standing in line to see a collection of oversized sequined jumpsuits. Really? You can do that whenever! Why does it have to be at Christmas? And, like, if he wants to do that so bad, go by yourself, Jesse. Or take Joey with you. And Jesse's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're beefs with me, all right? Not the king. So Becky's like, all right, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this whole thing out. And Jesse says, well, we got this whole little poker motif here. Why don't we solve our little problem with a little game of poker? Of course, he's like, oh, you do know how to play, don't you? And she takes the deck of cards from Jesse and says, hmm, I think I remember... 
The game is five card stud. Nothing wild, nothing cute. I love it. Just so perfect. Like, yeah, she knows the ins and outs of this game. Nothing wild, nothing cute. Just down and dirty poker. And Jess is a little taken aback, like, whoa, like, oh my gosh, she does know the lingo. She does actually know poker. And he looks like, hey, want a cigar? So Becky starts dealing them cards. And Jesse sees he's got a pair of sevens, and he says, it looks like it's gonna be a blue, blue Christmas, baby. So she starts dealing some more cards, and she ah, pair of sevens, we are tied, baby. And apparently it's down to the last card that is face down. <laughs> and they start, like, uh, like, realizing, like, you know, whatever this card says, like, one of us is going to be unhappy. And then they're like, well, I don't want to take a unhappy person to Graceland, because it's the happiest place on earth. Ugh. No, it's not. <laughs> and, of course, Becky doesn't want to take an unhappy person on a Christmas hayride. It's almost like when they pick their cards out. You can see the camera. You can see that. Is that? A, I think that's a three. It's a three that Jesse's holding. And they're both. It seems like they're both kind of bluffing. Because you can't see what Becky's got. Yeah, and Jesse says, you know. This is just silly. I mean, no matter what these cards say, there's going to be no winner here. And he says, I don't want to take a grumpy person to Graceland. I mean, it's the happiest place on earth. Ugh, no, it's not. And Becky says, yeah, and I don't want any bad attitude on that Christmas hayride. Thank you! He says, all right, all right, we got a new thing going here. Let's make a little compromise. That sounds good. Yes, compromise! So Jesse says, I will go... With you to Nebraska for Christmas. If you go with me to Graceland for the Hunka Hunka New Year's Eve Fried Chicken Festival with me. So, yeah, they basically be taken. So, <laughs> they, it seems like they'd be going to Nebraska for holidays. And then you may as well just take a plane and just go directly to Tennessee from there. And they shake on it. She's like, all right, it's a deal. And then she's like, wow, you must have had a pretty bad card, huh? He's like, yeah, I had a three. And Becky says, ooh, almost as bad as mine, too. And he says, I would have won! <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, like I said, just compromise. It's not that difficult. What do they say? You got to give a little to get a little? You know how it goes. Jess. Hi, pumpkin. What are you doing here? I got your sweet little message. Oh, and you must be the macho idiots I heard cheering in the background. Gee, where did the time go? Thanks for the game. Have fun in Nebraska. Get out. <laughs> Anybody needs me, I'll be in the living room looking for a change in the sofa. <laughs> she is seething with rage. How dare you leave me a message like that? Whatever happened? 
open to communication and understanding. I've been trying to communicate to you that I want to go to Graceland for Christmas, but you're just not understanding. Well, I will never understand why you want to spend our holiday standing in line to see a collection of oversized sequin jumpsuits. You beeps with me, not the king. All right, we have to figure this out. Well, we got this whole poker motif set up here. Why don't we uh, solve a little problem with a little game of poker? You, uh, you know how to play it, don't you? I think I remember. Okay, the name of the game is Five Card Stud. Nothing wild, nothing cute, just down and dirty poker. Whoa. Want <laughs> <Before> a cigar? <laughs> <laughs> One down for you. One down for me. Let's go. Seven. Nine. Queen high. Seven. Pair of sevens. <laughs> Looks like it's going to be a blue, blue Christmas, baby. Queen, no help. Nine, still looking fine. Ha! Pair of sevens. <coughs> we are tied, baby. Hmm. It's all down to the last card. Now listen to two. Mm -hmm. ah. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is, this is silly. I mean, no matter what these cards say, there's going to be no winner. And I don't want to take a grumpy person to Graceland. It's the happiest place on earth. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, and I don't have any bad attitude on that Christmas hayride. All right, all right. We got a new thing going here. Let's make a little compromise. I'll go to Nebraska with you for Christmas. If you go to Graceland for the hunk of hunk of New Year's Eve fried chicken festival with me. <laughs> okay, it's a deal. All right. You must have had a pretty bad card, huh? Yeah, three. Oof. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the aftermath here of Brian with his head stuck in the staircase, the rungs of the staircase. Danny's using, it's not a hacksaw, it seems more just like a, a regular little type of saw that you would probably, you know, saw a little like branch off with. And, you know, while Danny's doing this, he's telling Brian that this is very irresponsible of you to do this. And he's like, just stay still or I'm going to have you out in a minute. Don't go anywhere. And Brian says, where am I going? And you see, like, the side of the staircase has got buttered, like, right, I mean, the rung that is right next to Brian's. Like, right side, I think, has got butter going up and down. <laughs> and DJ's kind of hanging around watching. I mean, I guess Kimmy went home. But she says, Dad, I'm sorry. I really blew it. And, and she says, you know, I guess I'm not ready for babysitting. Or my own phone. Or anything. It's like, DJ, you ought to be in a heart on yourself, sweetie. It just, it happens. Things happen. But I like what Danny says here is the fact that you got in over your head and instead of trying to fix the problem on your own like you have in the past you actually came to an adult and asked someone else to kind of step in and help you fix it which definitely you know and we've seen in past episodes where DJ has tried to fix a problem on her own and just kind of gotten in more over her head than what she was so yeah I mean, think about it. If she hadn't went to Danny, let's just say that Danny wasn't even there, or none of the adults were. Let's just say that. She probably would have had to have called 911. The police would have had to have shown up, and it would have been a whole thing. But she called Danny. I mean, it's not like 
I mean, it's definitely a stressful situation, but it's not like life or death. His, he might be stuck in there, but he can still talk. He can still breathe and everything like that. It's just kind of a, you know, sucky situation. I'm, I mean, if it were a matter where he was, you know, losing air and it was just whatever, with that, that would have been like, you could call your dad or you could call 911 if it were a life or death situation. And Danny says, you know, it just so happens I'm very proud of you. And DJ's surprised by this. She says, you, you are? And even Brian's like, you are? Yeah, he says, you know, DJ went, and I like how he puts an arm around her. He says, you know, DJ, in the before, when you get into situations like this, you've always tried to handle the situation yourself, and you ended up making things worse. And he says, but tonight, you showed good judgment, and you asked for help right away. Yeah, that is definitely a responsible babysitter right there. You showed good judgment, and you asked for help right away. <laughs> That's exactly what a good baby. Yeah, and he, he says, you know, that's exactly what a good babysitter would do. <laughs> and, you know, they hug. And then, of course, Brian's like, you who remember me? <laughs> so, of course, Janie's like, oh, sorry. And they goes back to trying to saw the rung off to get Brian's head out of there. And here come the parents. And, yeah, Brian's parents come home, and they're kind of looking at the situation here. And Danny's like, oh, I guess you're kind of wondering what's going on here. And both his parents nod. And Danny says, well, your son stuck his head into the railings here. And DJ says, oh, and you're probably curious about the butter. Uh, you had to be there, basically. Yeah, it was pretty much failed attempt number one. So, of course, <laughs> Danny is able to break the rung in the staircase, and Brian is like, I'm free! So, Brian's dad asks, you know, Brian, like, are you alright, Brian? And Brian says, yes, Dad, DJ's my favorite babysitter. And they actually ask DJ if she is available to babysit again, and she is hesitant, like, like I mean, I am trying to save up for my new phone, but I... And they say, we'll double your salary. Yeah, his, his mom says, we'll talk about this later. Now go get some bread and wipe off your head. I would have just went directly to the shower and just started like, you're going to be at that for a while. Because that butter, your hair is going to be oily and just greasy, sopping greasy for a while. Maybe just, you know, give him a buzz cut or something and let the hair grow back. I don't know. That's probably a worst case scenario situation. Like, you know, we're just going to cut your hair. It'll be fine. It'll grow back. I like when we wash your hair like 10 times and it's still really, really just greasy, oily. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the dad actually does apologize. Like, sorry about all the trouble, DJ. Like, they clearly understand that their son is a handful like they've probably gone through a lot of and it seems like kimmy is probably the only one that can really handle that kid by threatening to kiss him or shove her stinky socked foot in his face and he says but we'd like to have you back you know saturday at seven if you're available yeah she's like i don't know i mean i need my own phone but it's like does she really want to go through that trouble again i mean i think maybe for brian maybe it was like a one-time thing just kind of testing the babysitter 
and seeing how much of his crazy out of controlness she could handle. But um, both Brian's parents say, we'll double the salary. So I don't know what she's making per hour, but she's like, okay, yeah, Saturday at 7 works great. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> yeah, she says, great. See you Saturday, 7 sharp. <laughs> Brian, sticking your head through these railings was a very dangerous thing to do. Oh, yeah, he's dangerous. Okay, so don't move. Where am I going? I'm sorry, Dad. I really blew it. I guess I'm not ready for babysitting. Or my own phone. Or anything. It just so happens I'm very proud of you. You are? You are? Yeah. DJ. Sometimes when you've been in trouble before, you've tried to handle the situation yourself, and you ended up making things worse. Tonight. You showed good judgment and you asked for help right away. That's exactly what a good babysitter would do. Thanks, Dad. Yoo-hoo! Remember me? Guess you're wondering what's going on here, huh? Well, your son stuck his head into the railings here. But, hey, I'm going to have him out in just a second. Everything's fine. And you're probably curious about the butter. Well, you had to be there. Okay, there we go. I'm free. Ryan, you all right? Yes, Dad. DJ's my favorite babysitter. We'll talk about this later. Now, go get some bread and wipe off your head. Yeah, that lady's wearing a wig. She must be. Sorry about all the trouble, DJ. <coughs> But we'd like to have you back Saturday at 7, if you're available. Well, I don't know. I, I need the money for my phone, but... We'll, we'll double, double the salary. salary. <laughs> Great, see you Saturday, 7 sharp. <laughs> so, we're in the bedroom, and DJ gets a call on the lip phone, and she's... <laughs> Hello? And... Danny's like, hey, Deej. And she says, Dad, where are you? And he pops in the doorway like, I'm right here, Deej. And she asks, like, well, how can you be calling me on the same line? And I love the way how he says, maybe because I just called you on your very own phone number. And she's like, ah! <laughs> she's so excited. And she, like, jumps off the bed and hugs him. Says, oh, I got a phone. I got a phone. Oh, thank you, Dad. And she, she's like, oh, you're the greatest. What's my new number? And the new number is 555-8722. And DJ says, well, how do you know my new number? And Stephanie says, well, Dad told it to me this morning. I kept it a secret all day. She says, I'm exhausted. And Danny says, coming over to the little table, says, remember, you can have the phone as long as you can pay for it. And he also does bring up the fact that I don't want this babysitting to take away from your schoolwork. Well, I'm just thinking, I mean, depending on who she's going to be babysitting, whether it's just Brian or maybe she'll add some other charges. But I don't see why she couldn't, like, maybe after the kid has gone to bed and she's waiting for the parents to get home, she could probably even be working on her schoolwork you know, at the 
place that she's babysitting at. I mean, yeah. And Danny says, say he sits down on the chair. Ah, your own phone. My little girl is growing up. And Danny says, you know, one day that phone's gonna, that phone's going to ring and it's going to be a boy calling. <laughs> Danny says, well, with any luck, it will be a dentist boy or a doctor boy. Well, I mean, first, it's a uh, what, firefighter. Tommy Sr.'s a firefighter. And then, of course, Steve, the doctor, podiatrist. And he says, <laughs> one day he's going to, that boy's going to come to me and say, Mr. Tanner, sir, you have the most beautiful, most wonderful daughter in the whole world. He says, you must be one heck of a dad. And DJ says, Dad, sometimes you're so corny, but you are one heck of a dad. And <laughs> she hugs him and then, oh, my first phone call. Her phone starts to ring. And DJ's confused, like, but who has my number? DJ puts the phone up and listens and puts it, puts it out. It's for you. And DJ says, oh, Stephanie says, thank you. Takes the phone and says, wait a minute. You said you kept this a secret all day. And Stephanie says, yeah, I did. From you. Yeah, so yeah, Stephanie figures, hey, this is the own phone line, so I can use it. <laughs> well then, Steph, you better help DJ pay that monthly bill. He's like, hey, Walter, yeah, you can reach me here, day or night. Oh my goodness. And she's like reclining against Stephanie, or Stephanie's reclining against DJ's bed. Like, so, how did school go today? Steph, you, well, you would know, you share, don't you have a class with, you have all your classes with Walter, because you're in elementary school. <laughs> you see DJ go over to the phone and Bradley rip it out of Stephanie's hand, like, no, no, no. Wouldn't it be funny if DJ started charging Stephanie, like, for every phone call you get on my phone, you gotta pay the phone tax. Which will go to my bill. Oh my gosh, that would be interesting. Like, yeah, you can get a phone call, but you gotta pay for that phone call. Hello? Hello? Dad, where are you? I'm right here, Deej. How can you be calling me on the same line? Maybe because I just called you on your very own phone number. <laughs> I got a phone number. Thank you, Dad. You're the greatest. you. <laughs> Hello? Hi, Walter. Yeah, 
So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So best outfit, like I said, I want to give it to Kimmy. I really liked her blue. It was like a striped blue with like kind of a reddish, uh, pinkish hue. And then the blue long sleeve shirt underneath. I really, I, I liked that definitely being, you know, of, you know, the times and everything. But I really, out of all the... I just thought that was the best outfit of the episode. Um, I would say worst outfit is the very last scene with DJ. She's wearing this yellow shirt with this black long sleeve like sweater over it. And it's got like some weird like little specks of color, multicolored on it. And it just, I, it was not flattering at all. Hmm. So, Tanner teachable moment for this episode. For Jesse and Becky, like I said, compromising goes a long way to solving issues in a relationship. Just listen to the other person's side and just kind of figure there's got to be a way that you both can be happy with a, a situation like okay I know you're not happy about this now but what if we do this this time and then next time we'll do what you are or, or, or however something to that effect as far as with DJ and whatnot with the babysitting I just she did the right thing if you are babysitting and you I mean usually parents leave the numbers that are important emergency numbers Take advantage of that. You're not going to get into trouble. I'm sure the parent would rather you get a hold of them if there's a situation going on than trying to solve it yourself. Or If you absolutely don't have to involve calling 911, like you can get a hold of the parents or someone very close by, an adult, if a situation is too much for you to handle, you're not going to get in trouble. Just get an adult. To kind of step in and kind of help you out. You know, they're not going to say, I don't want you watching my children anymore because of this. Things happen with kids. It's just accidents happen. Things happen. And like I said, an adult would rather you probably get a hold of them instead of trying to solve the issue yourself. If it is a dire emergency, you can't get a hold of someone. And it is almost just about a matter of life and death. Call 911. If it is a major emergency. And they will help you out. You know what I think. I know I said I'm going to do the Cousins double feature for December. But I'm like you know what it's December. I kind of want to. I want to change things up. I know I know I know. I said I was going to do just one of the guys. And the Kissing Cousins episode, I'm like, no, it's the end of the year, it's December, I think I want to do a little tag team of Full House and Fuller House, so I think what I want to do is season 7, episode 24, so the season 7 finale, almost could have been the series finale, A House Divided. A rich man who used to live in the Tanner house makes... Danny, a handsome offer to buy it back. The rest of the family (laughs) 
excited about moving on to new and bigger places, but Michelle tries to stop the sale so the family won't split up. So I think I'm going to do that one instead. And then in Fuller House, I think I'm going to cover Season 1, Episode 2, Moving Day. When the big day comes for Stephanie and Kimmy to join the Fuller House, Jackson feels outnumbered and takes drastic action. So, yeah. Yeah, just kind of thinking to myself, like, eh, I don't want to do Kissing Cousins for December. I mean, just one of the guys, sure, but I'm like, nah. And I know it's like, I'm sorry, sometimes I'll say, I'm going to do these, and then I change my mind last minute. But I think these ones, I think Moving Day from Fuller House and A House Divided from Full House, I think those will be fun. Or let's end the year with something fun. The two Cousins episode, so can we push that for down the road, <laughs> down the road, so yeah, let's, let's have some fun for the last month of 2021, we, we, I think we deserve it, so look forward to that, all right, I want to do this since Jesse left a me voicemail, or answering machine message to Becky, I want to play this from This Is Us, this scene, and then we'll play um, Beth's reaction to Randall's voicemail. The word hell does get dropped, but no other words other than that. So, just forewarned. If you had told me something was this important to you, heaven and earth couldn't have stopped me from being there. I hope you're off having fun talking about how to teach bored housewives how to twirl better. Run the hell up, Beth. All right, let's hear Beth's reaction to this voicemail. All right, so I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I will be back in December with A House Divided from Season 7 of Full House and... <laughs> moving day from season one of fuller house so look forward to moving day the week of christmas and then season seven's fuller house a house divided will go up on december 10th so all right bye bye everybody don't forget if you want to support the podcast <laughs> leave a review on itunes also, you can email the podcast at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye.